Oh, another edition of the Rock Stops Here podcast. Where did I stop today? Well, when you hear the accent of my guest, I stopped in England. No, I didn't stop. I didn't go across the pond. But my guest is from jolly old England. He is a super fan. He's a journalist. He is one hell of a golfer. He's past captain of one of England's most renowned golf clubs, a three-time club champion, a course record holder at Sunbury Golf Club. That I didn't know. I knew that he was a super fan. I didn't know that he even did some work here in the States as a journalist. I knew that he had been on the, you know, the BBC and he had done work for Sky Sports um channel four channel five printed british media paul stewart paul stewart of buckpower.com paul stewart became an nfl fan all the way back in the 80s he became a fan of the buccaneers in 1982 and everybody knows him as the historian of the tampa bay buccaneers of the nfl how, how, how did he get so involved, so passionate to be a Buccaneer fan being over in England? And this is pre-internet. You know, now the world is a lot closer. It just seems like it because we have so much information and video and everything at our fingertips on our phone. It used to be like that, obviously. And anyone from the UK that's been an NFL fan that I have met over the last couple of years. They're just such good people, man. And it's really, really interesting to me. And so without further ado, I'm going to bring on Paul Stewart. And then, as I always do, if you're new to this podcast, I just, we, we, we just BS. We hang out. Things that annoy me, things that are going good, uh, what's happening in my life. How are you doing? Don't let don't let don't let jerks get you down. Stay away from negative people. Stay away from negativity. Uh, and as long as your health is okay, I think you're going to be okay. I mean, this is the holiday season. I know a lot of people do get depressed. Sometimes you remember those that might have passed that you know you were close to. I get all that. I get all that. But I'm going to try to make it fun, man. So this is the rock stops here. Let me bring in my guest. Good guy. Good guy. Very interesting. Very entertaining. Paul Stewart. All right. I am with, for Buccaneer fans, and if you're not a Buccaneer fan, you're going to still, you're going to love this podcast. Paul Stewart has been a Buccaneer fan for a long time. And even though he is across the pond, I would put him up in maybe top five, top three of knowledge of Buccaneer fans. He's just a good guy. Buckpower.com. My man, everything Bucks. The great Paul Stewart. How you doing, Paul? Well, very well after that. Do you take cash or check for an introduction like that? That was fantastic. Thank uh, you my much. pleasure, my pleasure. How long have you been a Tampa Bay Buccaneer fan, Paul? Well, it started in 1982. They began showing the NFL on British television, and 
we knew nothing about the game and I sat down to watch this highlight package and they showed highlights of a game between Tampa Bay and Miami and the Buccaneers won and I thought whoa that team in Orange must be pretty good I'm going to support them they then had 14 straight losing seasons rock so it's, it's not the curse of Doug Williams it's the curse of Paul Stewart that is an incredible story seriously over there just because of that you started following the Buccaneers and even during the losing yeah I mean it's funny if I'd been a fan the previous week if I'd watched the previous week's show, I'd be a Pittsburgh Steelers fan. If I'd watched the following week, I'd be a New York Jets fan because those are the teams that won the other games. But because the Bucks won, I became a fan. And it, well, it really was a life-changing moment because of all the times I've come over here, the people I know, hey, you and I wouldn't be talking now if I hadn't supported them. Yes, and just how much fan support for the NFL has grown in Europe can you, can you tell us that you've noticed? Yeah, it has. I mean, in the early days, we were doing highlight shows um, just each week, put highlights of games up and explaining the rules to British fans, and they got more knowledgeable, and we started having a couple of magazines. And then we started doing live games in 1995. We'd have a one live game each week. We'd show the game and then come back to the studio, and I became the presenter of that show for a couple of years, talking about games, doing game coverage. Um, and it, it has grown. And then, of course, we started getting the international games. We had some pre-season games in London and it's it's a thing is these international games rock it doesn't matter who plays because it's a celebration of the NFL so you you go and watch them no matter who you support who your team is so you could see all 32 NFL jerseys at one of these international games it'd be if you had a Premier League soccer game at Raymond James Stadium it wouldn't matter who played you'd wear your soccer jerseys to show you're a fan but the game has grown the viewing figures are huge and I have your version of NFL Sunday ticket we call it game pass I can watch every like uh, every Bucks game I watch every Rays game I watch every Lightning game because the internet's made the world smaller so you can watch your sports wherever you are in the world now what is it that is so that is so true I've had a lot of people tell me that the world is smaller thanks to uh, obviously social media the internet what is it like for you when you get to see the Buccaneers in person come over to London, to England. That must be a really great experience for you. Well, 2009, um, I was the story because the Bucks were winless at the time and everyone wanted to talk to me because everyone knew I was the British Bucks fan and I was on all the papers. The NFL Films did a documentary about me with Steve Sable commentating. I, I called Josh Freeman's first pass on the radio because I took over from Gene. Um, it was an amazing event. And also, we had about 100 members of a fan club at that point, so I was helping to organise tickets for the games. I was working with the NFL UK to do tickets for those games. And it's same in 2011. And it was, a, it was a big event. And the story was, it was my team came to see me, not me coming over here. And it was a big, you know, it was a real big thing thing and then 2019 the Bucks came over and I did the commentary in the stadium I did that one and again that was a big event so you know I watch every game rock for me it's a, it's a night game because we're five hours ahead of you so even a one o'clock start is 6 p.m you don't want to know what time a Monday night game starts and finishes in England it's horrible and so yeah to me coming over here now for these trips I mean you know when the Bucks come to London that's great but every year I come over here and it's part of a whole vacation it's part of a whole package and coming to a Bucks game is part of that event so I know it sounds strange but it doesn't matter if they win or lose because it's the experience you just want to have the icing on the cake as well you know what I have noticed that from fans from Bucks UK when they come over here they'll make a trip they'll do a lot of the Orlando thing they might go even to a lightning game and they got the jersey and I've noticed that 
It is. I mean, I, I say I watch every Lightning game the following morning. I've been I've been to the two Lightning games in the last few days, and they've lost both, so I'm not a very good omen at the moment. No, and we'll see what happens next week against Edmonton, because I'm going to that game as well. So, yeah, it is part of the whole package. Now, this is why I'm really happy that I support the Bucks, because if I supported the Lions, what am I going to go and do in Detroit? If I supported the Bears, what am I going to go and do in Chicago? Because I supported the Bucks, I've got all these other things I can do. I've got the beach. I've got, say, the Lightning, the Rays, golf. What more do you want in life, Rock? Yeah, you have a great attitude, man. I love your video. Every is it almost is it every it's almost every day. It is. Yeah, I do a thing called on this day in Bucks history, and what I do is I go back and look at a game where hopefully the Bucks have won at some point in the past, and I've got pretty much every Bucks game on hard drive. I, I can pull clips, and I do a lot of clips for former players. But I can go back and look at a certain day. And to, for example, today, we're on the 12th of November. I could have gone back to 2000 for a game against the Packers and Martin Gramatica kicking a couple of long field goals. I took a game against the Jets from six years ago with Charles Sims scoring a touchdown. I can pull any game, any clip, and people love it. They love the history rock. They love it. They do. They really do. You know, you being from across the pond, you would be great to give an answer on this. There's always been talk of an NFL team full time or, you know, being in England, London. You're, do you think that could work or, or, or not really just keep having all these teams go over for these games? You're going to like this. It will never, ever ever happen and I can give you a whole bunch of reasons why first of all the travel it's nine hour travel just from here so you know okay new seven hours from New York 12 11 12 hours from the west coast you have to have a bye week afterwards the jet lag is real and normally every team that's come over and played in Europe has had the week off afterwards well how are you going to do that in a regular season you can't make the regular season 34 weeks and have a bye week so straight away the travel would ruin it number two no one would support them because everybody in the UK has a team already. So I'm, I'm a Bucks fan. I am not going to stop watching the Bucks to go and watch a London NFL franchise. So there will never be the fan support. Then you've got where would they play? Because Wembley Stadium is a nightmare to get to. There's no real infrastructure. And if you're playing games, you know, eight, nine games, you wouldn't get the people wanting to go and do it. And then the final reason it won't work Tell me a player who's prepared to go and play, quotes, on the other side of the world. Who would do it? So for all those reasons, there will never be an NFL franchise in London or in Europe. It won't happen. Now, the, ga the individual games they play now work because it's a celebration. And I've always said they should have four games every year. One in England, one in Germany, one in Mexico and one in Spain. But then you can have four games, eight teams. So once every four years, you play an international game. And once every eight years, you give up a home game. That's enough for the fans of those countries and that's enough for the NFL that would work but there, just to come back to the original question there will never ever be an NFL franchise in Europe Man, that's great that's coming from you alright just a couple of more what was bigger more meaningful emotional for you when the Buccaneers won in San Diego with that team or doing it here with Tom Brady in his first year during the whole pandemic. I know it's hard to put a, ask you this. Okay, it's an easy one for me. It's the first one in San Diego because I was there. 
I was there. I was, I'd been doing a lot of work for British TV. And when it came to the championship game against Philadelphia, I said, I don't want to do this game because I was convinced the Bucks were going to lose. And I didn't want to sit in the studio for both championship games and thinking, oh no, we've lost again. So then we won. So we went to the Super Bowl and I worked for, the, for Sky Sports all the leading up to it, on the day of the game, I was a fan and I loved it. And it was a great memory. Now, during the COVID year, we couldn't travel to America. We were stuck in the UK. So, you know, even though the Bucks actually had a ticket for me, I couldn't get here to use it. I looked at all kinds of ways. You know, I could have, I was going to canoe across the Atlantic. I'd have done anything. So I know it sounds strange. It didn't seem real because I sat and watched it on my own. No one else around, almost like the middle of the night going, yeah, yeah so I didn't wake anyone up and it was only I came over last year and the Bucks got both trophies out for me to have my picture and hold both trophies it became real so to me the first one will always be the special one and the second one now is again that was the icing on the cake as well let's end it with this now usually I always ask my guests you know what is your advice to a young person and it might be to make it in the NFL. It might be to just be, you know, successful in whatever business they're in. To be happy in life. Like you are smiling. You're happy. You love what you do. What would your advice be to a young person? Man? Well, that's interesting. I mean, I'm happy Rock, because it's 86 degrees. I'm here on vacation and the Bucks are going to win. So I can't get much better than that. Um, to me, I mean, I've... I've I was a journalist even when I was 14, 15 years old. I was covering local soccer games. I was doing the program for my local team. So I've always done this as a profession. And the reason I do what I do with Buck Power and helping people out is because I enjoy it. The minute I stop enjoying it, I stop doing it. And I mean, I put a lot of my own time, well, obviously plenty of time, I put a lot of my own money into it because I enjoy it. And, and to me, people, I've been here today and I've had people coming up to me going, we love your website. I've always wanted to meet you. Can I have my picture taken? I'm like, I'm just a guy from England, but I know it means a lot to them. And when I talk to the players, so my advice to anyone in any walk of life is enjoy what you do. If you love playing golf, play golf, play it to whatever level you want that's important so whatever you do whatever your passion enjoy it you can't teach someone to have a passion but you can nurture and encourage and develop it so that's what i'd say and then one day they can be as successful as you on the radio rock i had a friend always say set your sights higher paul i totally agree <laughs> i mean my, my attitude the motto i've always had is if you're not going forward you're standing still and if you're standing still you're going backwards because everyone's going past you and i've lived with that motto for 30 years and i hopefully will do it for a lot more to, in the future thank you so much you are a good man paul stewart it's been an absolute pleasure thank you for having me on your show isn't that something that someone from another country and i mean far away can get so into something in a different country and end up becoming like the leading expert you know he every every day he's posting videos from the past and unbelievable and and you know last week on the podcast i had beasley reese on oh beasley's such a nice guy former sportscaster very very successful won a lot of emmys great pipes uh, a former buccaneer cowboy giant and so i posted you know just something on twitter about you know beasley reese is my guest and boom popped up in my notifications here's paul stewart 
He's got a picture of Beasley. He's got the whole history of Beasley Reese as a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. Unbelievable. And he's always got a smile when I see Paul, any of the pictures. I know he played golf when he was here uh, last week with T.J. Reeves, Bucks sideline guy. T.J. was like, he can hit it. <laughs> and I was like, he must be good. And then I read his background on how good he was and is as a golfer. But just, it really is something else. It, it really is something else. And to, maybe a year ago, I had on several, several uh, Bucks, Bucks UK, the their group, uh, individually. I had them on. David Cambridge. I had the uh, gentleman that was the president. Uh, I did it over at the hotel that they were staying in, sitting in the lobby, just shooting the shit. And uh, it was pretty neat. You know, they're pretty, pretty neat. And I've been on the podcast that they have uh, very, very, you know, and they're so knowledgeable. And that's the thing that I have seen. Like they come, you know, Paul came over here. The other members of Bucks UK, the Bucks fan group, they'll come over. And they'll they'll you know they'll go to a Bucks game. They might go up to an FSU game. Then I'll see they'll go over to a Magic game and a Lightning game. And they got all the gear, you know. And it's uh, it's really something. It's interesting. But Paul, you're a real nice guy. And next week, barring any other something big that comes up that's timely, I will have the brother of the great kicker in the NFL, Martin Gramatica. His brother, Santiago Gramatica, because, and I was kind of kidding around with Santiago. I'm like, Martin's getting so much publicity. And I love Martin. I, I used to do a show with Martin, the Martin Gramatica show on radio, TV. We were there for, I don't know, a year, about a year, two years, something like that, year and a half, something like that. Uh, through the pandemic and everything, work with Martin. Martin's a good man. And his, the whole family, man, they're tight. And I was like, you know what? I was thinking about it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna see if Santiago would come on my show because of Martin's younger, his son Nico, is one of the best kickers in the high school in the country, and Santiago has done a little work with Nico. And right away, when I did the podcast with him, he started talking all about Nico and Nico. I'm like Santiago, this is about you. But that just shows you what kind of a guy he is. So what happened is, honestly, let me be honest with you. A lot of these things are on the fly with me. Drives my wife crazy. She sets everything up. I do everything on the fly. That's good and bad. So I taped Santiago Gramatica last week, which is now two weeks ago, in the Spanish radio broadcast booth at Raymond James Stadium. I did set it up. I texted him maybe two days before and said, hey, Santiago, I'd love to put you on my podcast. He goes, great. Um, we'll do it before the game? Sure. Blah, blah, blah. Martin's got a book signing. We'll do it. Uh, how about like at 11? Games at 1? Great. So I got there, 11, 11.05. Boom. I go down the hallway. I see him. How you doing? Meanwhile, Paul Stewart was talking in the hallway with the Buccaneers offensive coordinator, Dave Canales. This is before the game. Dave is the only coach, and I do like him. He is the only coach that I have ever met in the NFL that is just up on the, in the uh, press box area, mingling, 
shooting the shit before before the game. You know, I, I should talk about that. Uh, and I see him, and I've talked to him before. Dave Canales, game day, game day, like two hours to go before the game. And uh, yeah, uh, anyway, so I'm walking down the hallway to go see Santiago if he was down there. And there's Paul Stewart, and he's talking with Ira Kaufman, who's a longtime uh, sports journalist in the Tampa Bay area. He's with JoeBucksFan.com, used to be with the Tampa Tribune. He's the Pro Football Hall of Fame uh, contributor, writer. And so Ira was talking with Canales and Paul Stewart. And I didn't know if Paul would recognize me. I don't know. Maybe we met one time, but I follow him. And I'm not going to. And he like, he blow, he leaves Ira and Canales and he shakes my hand. Paul, how you doing? Blah, 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 blah. Great, great, great. Okay. Hey, maybe I'll, I'll get to interview you or something like that. Okay. We'll see. Oh, great, great. So I go down. There's Santiago. He was talking with somebody and I said, Santiago, how you doing, man? You want to do it now? He goes, great. You want to go do it in the broadcast booth? I said, what time is uh, Martin and Carlos getting here? He goes, oh, they won't be here for a while. I said, sure. So we sat in the broadcast booth where they do the games in Spanish for the NFL Buccaneers. And we did our little podcast and I took a little video and picture of Santiago. And then I walked out and who is sitting right there was Paul Stewart. And Paul Stewart is such a nice guy. He had uh, uh, the old throwback orange jerseys, one for Martin, one for Santiago. And so I've posted a picture, the two of them, Santiago and Gramatica and Paul Stewart, took the picture, blah, blah, blah. And then Paul's right there. I said, Paul, you want to do, you got a few minutes for me, man? He goes, great. Boom. And I just sat right down. That was it. Right then and there. Had no idea. I was going to have him on my podcast. I had no idea he was there from England. No idea. And it's just boom, boom, boom. That's how it goes. And there you go. Thank you. Santiago, you be up next. Like I say, unless something wild and wacky, crazy happens. But anyway, how's how are you doing? How are you doing? Thanks so much, man, for listening. If I don't say it or I only say it at the end, I really do mean it. I appreciate you guys that have been with me and stay with me. I really, really appreciate it. Now, we're in the holiday season. This has been the best week, the Thanksgiving week in my mind, because it's about family, it's about friends, it's about chilling out, it's about football in the background, and good food, and just, you know, a great, great time. Then starts the Christmas season. Listen, I love, I'm from Jersey. I love the Christmas season. I love the cold, all that. But, you know, it, the point of you got to get these presents, you got to get that. Oh, I'm in this. You got to get a present for this, that like, ah. Oh. and I still am so old school. Like when I would go, I would like to actually go Christmas shopping. But then uh, you go, you're walking around, you don't know what I, you know, and everything's online now. Everything. My daughter made her list. My wife's taking care of that. It's all deliveries are coming from Amazon. That's Christmas shopping now, I guess. You know? I used to like going to the mall, even though it was busy. There was a mall where I grew up in New Jersey called Rockaway Town Square. 
It's in Morris County, New Jersey. Rockaway Township, Rockaway slash Dover. And they used to have a bar in there. Not the one in Macy's or slash, was it Bamberger's? I know I'm dating myself, I don't know. But Macy's maybe. Uh, there was another one that was actually like a bar restaurant downstairs. And <laughs> I used to say, okay, you know, I'm in my 20s. I'm going, I'm going Christmas shopping. And I go to the mall and I start walking around. I'm like, oh, I don't know. I don't know what to get. You know, mm, mm, oh, there's a lot, it's crowded in there. Oh, damn, there's a lot of people over in that store. Mm, let me go up to the upper level. Uh, nothing's hit me yet. Maybe I'll hit one of those, you know, the stands in the middle that they have. Probably some crappy gifts, you know, that, you know, and then I'll never forget it. And I was like, <laughs> you know what, man? Maybe I'll just have a beer in the in that bar there. And what did that turn out to be? That turned out to be a couple or you would run into somebody that you knew and then there ain't going to be no shopping after that. So, I mean, maybe, you know what? Maybe the Amazon way to shop is the way to go. I got to get on board. I'm last on everything. Uh, but anyway, it's it's just I don't like to hustle and bustle. Now my, my daughter said, oh, we got to get the big lights this year. We got to really do it up. And I've been dealing with a front lawn. Oh, you have no idea. And my guy's like, give me until December. I can get some grass growing. There ain't no grass growing, man. Uh, the whole thing, the chinch bugs. Uh, if you're not from Florida, you won't have to deal with this. And so now the last thing, and then I got a note from the uh, the Homeowners Association and our palm trees, palm fronds. Some are got to come down. They're dead on top. And and then uh, yeah, I got to get all these lights and everything. And da -da 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 -da. You know what I'm saying? So tis the season to be jolly. But anyway, hope you're all doing, doing well. One thing that I've got to tell you about that I actually enjoyed. So my wife works She's got a couple, she's got three or four part-time jobs. And she, one of them is in a middle school. She runs the mentoring program. She helps out at the front desk. She helps out coaching the cheerleading team. Despite, and she works at home shopping. And she does another freelance for another thing. So she's very, 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 very busy. And she runs what they call Great American Teaching. Now, I don't know, do they have this where you live? It's where, from all walks of life, whatever your profession is, be it a fireman, policeman, salesman, sportscaster, athlete, fitness teacher, dietitian, doctor, lawyer, whatever it may be, it's one day, it's called Great American Teaching, and these uh, professionals could be plumber, landscaper, whatever, electrician. You come in and you do a class. You might do one class, you might do two classes. Classes usually run about 45 minutes, something like that, 40 minutes maybe. And so I had done this years and years ago. When I worked in local TV, I was always in the field. Like there were sports, or there were news 
people, news anchors, that they just came in, they read, they stayed all day in the office, in the studio, they never got out in the field. And my argument would be, I'm at the Bucks, I'm at the Rays, I'm at the Lightning. They'd always say like, the bosses would always say, well, you got to get out in the field, you got to see the community, you got to get you know, known in the community. It's part of the gig. I'm like, I'm already out in the field before I even come to work. Every day I'm here, I'm there, you know? And we're like, no, that doesn't count. And so we would have to have X amount of personal appearances. Now, when you're in radio, if you have a radio show and you do appearances, you're paid. Not in local TV. It's all part of the job description. That's what they would say. And I'd always make arguments. I'm out all the time. By the time I get to the station, now I can concentrate my work. Why do I have to go? So anyway, so I used to have to do a great American teaching. And once I would get there, I always liked it. And then I stopped doing it for years because I started telling the truth of, you know, listen, I know you, I did college. I did even, uh, not great American teaching, but I would have some people that I would know that would be uh, teaching college courses somewhere. And I would go and I would teach. I mean, I would go in front of the class and I started telling kind of the truth. Look, if you're a female, you got to look good, man. If you look good, that's it. They're going to pick you over somebody. Uh, and then one professor was like, look, you got to stop, stop that. I'm like, I'm just telling the truth. I said, you know what? I don't think this thing is for me because I'm going to start telling the truth about the broadcasting industry if these kids really want to get into it. You know what I'm saying? So I stopped for a lot of years. Then my son, once he came along and at his grade school, middle school, I, I would start again and do this great American teaching. And then, of course, now with our daughter, now she's a freshman in high school, but I did it at her elementary school and uh, middle school. And so my wife works at the middle school, so she, she runs it, of course. She asked me, of course, I'll do it. So, But what I find is, here's the thing. You know how you get a lot of people, oh, these kids nowadays. Oh, these kids, these kids are lazy. Look, a lot has changed. One guy that I know, Ian Beckles, he was a longtime radio host in Tampa Bay, a former Buccaneer guard, and he had a good point. He, he said, every generation, we get softer. He's right. He is right about that. But what I find is, every time I've gone in and did a class and do Q&A, and then I have them participate, it, they're, they're good. They're good. Yeah, this is a different generation. They've grown up with technology, this and that, this and that. They're good. So what I do is when I was in TV, I'd bring in a camera, bring in the tripod, bring him up in front. So now I start out a little bit about podcasting. How about this? I was in a middle school last week, seventh graders, small class. I don't know, a dozen kids, very small. Anybody here know what a podcast is? Every single kid raised his hand. Everyone. Maybe 13, 14 kids. Everyone knows what a podcast is. Everyone. I said, kids, do you know that there used to be a time where families would sit in a living room and they would watch a show all together and they would even, they, you would wait till the six o'clock news would come on. And then there was the 11 o'clock news. And they were, they looked at me like, what? Yeah. Yeah. 
it, it, it's so funny how times have changed. And so I, I started out, you gotta, you can't just go and do your thing. Like say you're a, a dietitian and you're going to just talk about eating healthy and this and that you'll lose the kids. So I start out with a little humor. You know, when I started out in radio, this station in Sussex County, New Jersey, I had to do news and sports and I covered a, a teacher's protest at a middle school. Actually, I don't remember if it was a high school or an elementary school, but the kids are in middle school. So you're trying to, I said, I covered a protest in middle school. And when they saw me coming, oh, here comes a reporter. Let's get our signs up. Let's start marching in the circle. And they did. So I, I have my microphone out, my recorder, and I started recording them. And they were doing their chants. You know, we want this. Da, 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 whatever it is. And then I started interviewing somebody. And I'll never forget, a guy came up to me, a teacher there, and he says, hey, buddy, you might want to plug that thing in. My cord was just dangling down, touching the sidewalk. I had not put my cord into my recorder, and I was so embarrassed, and they were laughing. And that's how I started out my presentation. And then I said, okay, kids, do you want to do a podcast? A podcast is whatever you are passionate about. Last year when I was here, it's true, a kid was a gamer. He loved playing games. He came up here. I had to cut him out. There was another girl that was just so close to making the cheerleading team. She didn't make it, but she loved cheer. She came up here. I had to cut her off after five minutes. It used to be that, it, you know, you think you can talk for a long time, but just try. Just keep talking, talking, talking. You'll run out of steam. These kids were incredible. And this was in middle school. And so we did it, did a little question and answer. And it's funny, too, because years ago when I was at Bay News 9 in local TV, when I would do these great American teaching days, I would say, okay, let me, any questions now? And they all, it's always the same thing. Like, who's the fame, most famous person you ever interviewed? Who's the, they, they love that, you know? And so it used to be, what's Warren Sapp really like? I'm not kidding you. That was the question back 20 years ago when Warren Sapp was playing with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah. These kids, you know, who's the most famous you ever? I said, anybody here heard of Michael Jordan? Every kid's hand went up. How long has Michael Jordan been retired from the NBA? How about that? One other one that surprised me. I threw out a couple of other names. I'm trying to think. Some of them are like, oh, I don't know. I'm trying to think. Somebody current. Oh, no, I didn't. I did not bring up Snoop Dogg. No, I'm not going to do that. Every kid. Not, not, not that. In the middle school. Um, I said to. How many of you, you know, one guy that really intimidated me, and he did years ago. I was going to be set to do a one-on-one -on -one with other bunch of TV reporters and one woman reporter. Oh, she pissed him off, and that was it. He took off his lob, and I, he, I, I was almost uh, pooping in my pants, man, because he was intimidating back in the day. Oh, my God. But I said, how many here know of Mike Tyson? 80% of the kids all know Mike Tyson. How long has Mike Tyson been retired from boxing? How about that? This is 2023, the end of 2023. And then when it came time, I said, all right, who here wants to do a podcast? I set up a mic stand 
standing up. I put my mic up there. I wasn't plugged in. Didn't need to record these kids. I said, something you're passionate about. And you know, at first, nobody said anything. No, I just don't want to go first. And this and that. Okay, here comes a girl. Boom. I'm in band. I love band. You know, I love music. I love band. She went on and on. She goes, you know what? Kid in the hallways says, oh, you're a band geek. She said, you know what? I like being a band geek because I'm happy. I can be myself when I'm there. And I basically, okay, okay, great. She went on about 10 minutes. She could have kept going for a half hour. This is a seventh grade kid, no preparation, in front of the class doing a little podcast. Here's another little girl, raises her hand. Okay. She said, you see my shirt? Elvis. Elvis? Yeah. Oh, your parents Elvis fans? No. They think it's weird. She came up there. She started doing the whole history of Elvis, how he was ostracized, how he was in an, a, a, a black community, and, and, and they didn't accept him until they really heard him, and this and that, and went on and on and about how he was, his, his doctors prescribing these, all these drugs and this and that, and then I had to cut her off. Another kid came up. He had a football. I'm like, he had a football's desk. He loves football. He plays football. He plays on the, like the, the Pop Warner. And he at the end, he asked me to sign his football. All the kids were coming over. We're taking group pictures. And it's incredible. And the teacher told me, he said, I just want to let you know, even though this is a language arts class, we've never done this. These kids, since September or August, here we are now, November, and November, They've never, they've never had to talk in front of the class. That was the first time they did that, that you got, that they did that. And I just walked out of there. It was so cool. And the little girl, when I was walking out, because the bell rang, they got to go to another class. She was still walking with me. She goes, you know what? It's my birthday this weekend. We're going to have a birthday party. I said, oh, great. Happy birthday. She said, we're going to do a Michael Jackson party because we, I said, no, Elvis. She said, we did Elvis last year. My father said, we're not doing an Elvis party again. We're going to do Michael Jackson. I said, that's great. Kids are going to be dancing. That music is great. Great. Have a great little birthday. And off she went. And I'm like, how old is a seventh grader now? She looks like she's 11. Uh, loves Michael Jackson, Elvis. So that's my point. I've been doing these things for 20 some years. And even though life, society in general has changed. Yes, they've grown up with the phone and technology. Good kids are going to be good kids. And if they have some direction, you know what I'm saying? They're very, very smart. Very, very smart. So it was really, it was, you know, it was really, really enjoyable, man. It was really, really a, a good, good time. Um, so now there was a couple of things that I wanted to hit you on. Uh, you know, like last week, and again, I don't do sports talk here on the Rock Stops here. But, you know, Joe Burrow went out for the year with his thumb, his hand, uh, the ligament and all this. And right away last week, I saw somebody on one of the national websites. So there was a lot of comments. Might have been ESPN. It might have been NFL Network. It might have been Barstool, whatever I was on breaking, you know, Joe Burrow out for the year. And I saw a guy put Tom Brady. Tom Brady might come. You know, maybe they'll get Tom Brady right away. And I just, I kind of smiled because 
I went through my phone the other day and I still have some Brady, uh, you know, photos in there just from last year. It was last year. Now, I get it. If you're not a New England Patriot fan, if you were not a Buccaneer fan, you probably can't stand Brady because he was so good, won all the rings. I understand that. And since he's left, I don't really follow. Now and then I might see something, but it's not like it. It was different when he was here. I would see him. I got to ask questions to him in a press conference setting. I would watch how he went about business. I talked to those in the building. And I had to kind of laugh because Brady still has really good arm strength. It is He keeps himself in great shape. It isn't like he's that, 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 that washed up. But knowing what he does on a daily basis when he was still an active NFL quarterback, there's no way that Brady, even though he keeps himself with all his plyometrics, all his water, his diet, it's not football shape. And there's no way that Brady would come off the couch and go right to a team that loses a quarterback and be able to play on a Sunday. The reason why I'm bringing this up too is I was looking, uh, I, I, I saw an interview, a video interview of Christian McCaffrey, the great running back for the 49ers. And he was talking about when he got traded midweek from the Carolina Panthers in season to the San Francisco 49ers. Now he's a running back. Basically, you can cram, tell me where to run on a certain play. If you don't have much preparation, he said, his agent said, hey man, I don't think you're going to get traded, but you never know. Just be ready. And he went in, he talked to the GM, and he's like, listen man, I thought I was a Carolina Panther for life. I just built a home here. Uh, am I going to get traded? No, 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 no. We got you. You're Christian McCaffrey, man. You're our, you know, you're the face of the organization, blah, 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 blah. And then <laughs> next the next week, his agent called and said, hey, I think you're going to get traded. It might go down like tonight. He's like, what? So he goes the next day, he goes to the facility. He does his treatment. He practices. He does everything. Drives home. Agent calls. You just got traded to the 49ers. Okay. Gets on a plane. Gets to San Fran, Santa Clara. Goes right out onto the field and practices. Say it's on a Thursday. I think it was on like on a Thursday. Friday's a walkthrough. Sunday, he's playing for the 49ers. You can do that as a young running back. But a quarterback that needs to know the verbiage, the system, the timing of throwing to receivers, knowing the offensive line, do I have time? Do I got to get rid of it quicker? Do I need, you know, and at 46 years old or whatever Brady is, like, I'm telling you, I had to laugh when I heard that, but there is no way that Brady would come, you know, come off the couch. His ego, it wouldn't, he wouldn't do it. Because he's used to greatness. He's used to being the great. And he puts so much work into it. But it was interesting. And it's also interesting the difference, man. When Brady was not here. Like, there's no national interest in the team. 
you know, last year, every Wednesday, no, Thursday, when Brady would talk, ESPN would have a crew here. NFL Network would have a TV crew here. Um, just because Brady was going to talk and you never know what Brady was going to say. You know, it's just like the Jets and Aaron Rodgers. And it's so funny that now the media contingent's very, very small. You know, uh, it's just different. It's just different. But anybody, you're going to see it too. If a quarterback goes down and the other quarterbacks, you know how it goes. If somebody says to you, oh, Tom Brady, man, they're going to get Tom Brady off the couch. Tell him no. I was listening to Rock Riley's podcast, The Rock Stops Here, and he he says that Brady would has too much uh, pride that he would just come off the couch and didn't know the team and the system and the playbook and the verbiage and the receivers and the running backs and the and anything. I I, I just don't think it would happen. Um, I ran into so football's moving along so fast. I can't believe it. It really hit me this week, Thanksgiving week. Now we're starting to get ready for Christmas. I just cannot believe. It just seemed like yesterday that the football season was starting. It's unbelievable to me how fast time is going by. So I stopped in a Publix. Publix is our supermarket down here. It would be like an Acme, Piggly Wiggly, uh, stuff, you know, whatever it is, wherever you're living, you know. Um, and it's called Publix. So now I'm, I'm living further up here and there's a back way I go now. I don't go the old way I used to go. And there is this Publix uh, that I, on the way. And I stop a lot of times, in, out, boom, boom. So I stopped in, I was going to the bathroom and Brian Anderson, BA, he is the color commentator on the Rays, Tampa Bay Rays TV broadcast for Bally's. So I was coming out of the bathroom. He was coming in. He had two of his kids. And he's like, hey. I said, hey, man. And boom, we did the high, the fist bump. How you doing? Good. He goes, man, I, the, the off season's going by so fast. And I said, I said, you enjoying your off season? He goes, damn, it's going by fast. I said, tell me about it. I'm covering football. Hell, the college is now. We're, we're, we're getting ready for the playoffs or the conference tournaments. College football's almost done. And he's like, I know. I go, it's incredible, man. I said, all right, man. See ya. Boom, boom. Another fist bump. Good seeing you. Boom. And it just really hit me on how fast it goes. And, you know, baseball, if you work in baseball, boy, that is a whole different long, 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 long stretch. There's another podcast. I listened to their clips. Will Clark. For you baseball fans, you guys remember Will Clark, San Francisco 49ers? Wasn't he Mississippi State? Just a pure hitter, incredible hitter. He does a podcast with Eric Burns. Eric Burns is this renaissance man. He, he's a good guy. He, he did the Rock Stops Here podcast. I ran into him at the Super Bowl, and I asked him, and he was great. And he does this podcast, Deuces Wild, with Will Clark. And I, I follow them, so I'm not listening to the whole podcast, but they're clips. They do a good job on their social media. And Will Clark is so knowledgeable and still follows Major League Baseball and especially the teams that he played on and especially the San Francisco Giants. So the Giants had a shakeup, new manager, 
new coaches. And right when that was going down, Eric asked Will, he's like, Will, would you be interested, man, in being like a coach? You follow it, you love it, you know, and Will Clark was, it was interesting. And you can tell he loves baseball, loves it. He'd be a great coach. But he's like, February through October, you don't have a day off. You got to be all in. I, I enjoy my life. Like I still got things I, I like doing. It is such a grind. And then all of a sudden it stops. And then, then you're off. Then you're home. And I know, now I'm not going to name names, but I have known a broadcaster that did daily major league games and told me that his wife was about over it, this schedule, where the whole baseball season, and it's not just like spring training. Like it says, it starts in February and it doesn't end until October. You're That's it. And you know, when they go away, think about it. When you go, when you have road trips, you might have, you might play a team and it's a four game series and then you travel to another city. You got another three game or four game series and you may have even one more road trip. You're gone for 15 days. And especially if you got little ones at home and a wife and she's trying to do it all. Now, most know what they sign up for. Like they just didn't get into this. But I know that there was a guy at the time telling me that his wife's like, I'm over it. And he's like, well, what do you want me to do? This is my career. You know, it's so hard to get Major League Baseball gigs. You're at the top of your profession and you love what you do. You love going to the ballpark every day. You're calling games. Or you might be a reporter, silent reporter, right? And he's like, I don't know, man. Might get divorced. And then there's the other side of it, too. The the, uh, the wife is used to doing everything or having the husband gone so much. And now you've been away all baseball season. You're constantly gone. And the days are even long. There's a lot of standing around and waiting, a lot of hours at the ballpark. I mean, it's great. You're at a ballpark. Come on. But it's long, long days. And... Uh, and then all of a sudden, you're you're out, you're out, you're out for the whole off season, and then you're home, and then you're kind of getting on each other's nerves because you're not used to being around at home all day, and everything. So, it's just interesting. But when I heard Will Clark say that, that's why it's so funny. Like, if a player retires, I've heard Joe Blow say like, "Oh, he'd be just get he'd go into coaching, go into coaching." The coaching commitment is so long. The hours are so long. Like a player has put everything into it, his entire career to get to the major leagues, to get to the NFL, to get to the NHL. And just to stay there is hard. You always got guys trying to take your job. They're the best in the world and they're younger coming up. And then when you're done, do you want to get back in that grind, but you can't actually go out on the field. You can't go out on the ice. You know, I love telling this story about Phil Esposito. You know Phil Esposito, the Hockey Hall of Famer? He all, and he said it again recently. He 
misses playing. Phil Esposito is 80 years old. I think he's 79 or 80. And I remember 15 years ago when I worked with him, uh, he would do some work with us at Bay News 9. When we traveled, we paid. He came on after the games with us, and we'd see him on the road, blah, blah, blah. And he'd say, man, I miss it. I just, I, I just, I miss playing. I, I, you do, Phil? He goes, yeah. But I just, I didn't like putting on all the gear. Like hockey gear, it's a pain in the ass. And uh, I had a laugh. Just last week, he was on a podcast. I don't know if he was doing his Martini Mondays podcast that he's doing now on the Lightning Audio Network. Uh, or he might have been on another podcast. And he was saying he was just talking with the great one, Wayne Gretzky, the other day. And Gretzky said, you know what? I let it all on the ice. I don't miss it at all. And Phil said, funny you say that because I do. I still want to get out there and play. Isn't that something? Isn't that something? 79 years old. And it's still his brain. The guy that cuts my hair, Sal, is 84 years old. And he said to me, he had a good line. He's like, as men, our brains still think like we're much younger. We see a woman, she's very pretty. We say, well, whoa, whoa, wow, wow. She might even be 20s, 30s. Yet, she would have nothing to do with us because, you know, we're so old. But yet our minds still think that we're young. (laughs) Whatever. All right, listen, guys. Um, I think that's about it for today. Yes. My thanks to Paul Stewart. Such a good guy. Hopefully next week I'll play you Santiago Gramatica, the younger brother of Martin and Bill Gramatica, the two NFL kickers. Santiago was one hell of a kicker in college. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But it's not football. It's about life. And listen, it's the holiday season, man. Just make it through. Again, if you if you got your health, be thankful for that. And uh, carry on. Cheers. <laughs>